position. This isn't the second intro I've done because I fucked up the first one completely. How are you, Laura? Let's just go straight into saying hellos. Hello, Laura. How are you? I'm I'm good. I am here. I didn't mess up the podcast and require a second time of doing the intro. How are you, Jim? I'm fantastic. I did mess up and have to record a second because uh, because I mentioned I was recording with someone this weekend and and I and and, and I can't I can't be too explicit about who they are. Uh, all I could say is that they're just some bloke called Jonathan, and then that's all they're called. Their, their name is just Jonathan, JJ for yeah, short. First name, first name just, surname Jonathan. Yes, yes. So, so that's very exciting. Gavin, how are you? I'm going to get that out of the way straight now. We're not, we're not going to do any more of that. This is a, a podquisition 2.0. Gavin, how about we're not doing it? 12 minutes in today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, good. yeah. Well, I'm we're doing good. the whole podcast thirty minutes later than normal because of, well, mostly me. So, well, no, not entirely because of you. At least part of it was because we actually got round to doing that thing we've been promising we'll do forever, and we moved over to Discord for a recording rather than Skype. Hey! It it is already great. Someone was even saying it to me today on Twitter. They're like, if you keep getting cut off by Skype, why don't you move to Discord? <laughs> I was like, well, we, I we, moved to Discord been... like. Four months ago. <laughs> We've been intending to for like a year. It's just, you know, Skype was the thing we already used. And like, we never wanted to spend the half hour one time setup it would take to move over to Discord. Yeah. I, I can't I believe kept, how much better using, you guys sound now to my I kept ears. using Discord for porn and it never occurred to me to use it professionally. So here we are. And, and yeah, I the, can um, see little green things around people. Sk- s- Skype's like... Skype's old telephone-style sound connections brought out the less flattering um, frequencies in your voice, but this uh, this is nice. This brings out the more flattering ones in your voice. It's well, thank great. you. Thank you very much. Yes. I, I don't know which of us you were talking to, but I'm going to assume that it was, it was both Jim. of us and or me. Uh, well, I'm going to assume it applies to me as well. So yeah. this, this won't be evident to the end user, to the listener, because we all record yeah. ourselves locally. Uh, yeah. But for us on the call, this sounds really good. Uh, it, it's good to hear everyone clearly. There's still doubtless going to be some lag. I'm in the US and mm. uh, Gavin and Laura are in the United King yeah. Dom. And I'll, so, I'll probably still drop out at some point. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah, yeah, Gav's connection being what it is. S- sound still has to move across physical oceans for this podcast to happen, but yeah. hopefully it'll maybe be a better end user experience, maybe, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, Laura and I are chatty chuckle fucks, so we're still going to be talking a lot over each other yeah. and everyone. <laughs> Let's be honest, both me and Jim do long rambling like spiels where we just talk solo with no one else talking. So like good chunks of this podcast were never interrupted or like bothered by lag anyway because we we're just talking to ourselves into the void. Yeah. When I when I talk about something, I'm usually trying really hard to speak as quickly as I can before <laughs> one of you interrupts. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the benefit of, of Discord being a, like, like more responsive than Skype, plus also me seeing little green circles around people's faces when they're talking. Um, yeah. I think it, it, it will allow for more conversation, more, more breaks in between Laura and my monologues, <laughs> more or less. Yeah. Uh, but I'm excited. <laughs> um, I'm excited to get this podcast done <laughs> and out the way because uh, I've got a new pooter to play with. A new pooter turned up. Um, new computer... Nice. Um, Interesting story behind it because uh, I was contacted by someone who owns a computer shop. Basically, they 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 build computers and whatnot, and we're just like, do you want one? I'm like, they're like, business is great, so don't worry about money. And I'm like, 
do. Like, like, come on. Wow. <laughs> come the fuck on. Um, but, you know, I've offered to shout out their business and everything. Uh, in, I mean, if, if the computer's okay, I haven't fired it up yet. But it's black and red, which is a nice touch. So I'm going to go through that, make sure that there's near porn on it uh, and, or anything else, because... You're going to make sure that there's near... Did you say that you're going to make sure there's near porn on it? Near porn on it? It was a, a, an Alan Partridge reference. Um, but, ah, but, it, it's, but I thought you meant near as in the game, near automatic. It's like, is that a requirement for when someone builds oh, your no, 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 no. There needs um, to be near automatic porn on it. Give me 30 minutes between that computer being turned on and me washing my hands and there will be near porn on it. Uh, that's no problem. Uh, I'll get that sorted. Uh, but no, no, I just think it's sad that, that, you know, the internet being what it is, that an act of, of what one uh, assumes is, is pure generosity and someone wanting to do something for someone they're a fan of. And it is a wonderful, wonderful fucking, not just gesture, but act. And yet I still have to think, have they put ties to ISIS in this computer to fuck with me? I, I have to make sure first. <laughs> I have to make sure first there's no, like, like recipes for making bombs and shit on this computer just to be safe. Um, and it's oh. horrible that you've got to temper that sort of, you know, really being touched and, and, and blown away by, by the kindness of the human spirit with this paranoia because you've also seen what else the human spirit's fucking capable of online. Yeah, w- working on the internet, you have to assume, like... Hey, this seems nice. Is there a chance that I'm about to get like swatted by the police because of accepting yeah. this act of kindness? Yeah. I'll, I'll just say this: if he's put spy, and I'm not saying he has. Like I said, like I've got no reason to believe this is anything but a wonderful act. And thank you so much. And also, their um, they go by the YouTube. Their YouTube channel name is Hostile. Which, first of all. If they're the original name hostile on YouTube, well done getting that, especially on YouTube. I can't imagine how many people want that. And um, second of all, uh, you know, if if there's like a tracker or anything on it, right, if there's some sort of spyware or what have you, mate, if you see any porn you like, speak the fuck up. So should we do a a games podcast? Yeah. (laughs) Should we address the thing first, though? I, I think that's a good place to start, is yeah. that thing from last week that we didn't properly address at the time. So, yeah. um, Although yeah, we didn't short... really understand at the time, I think, and we kind of yeah. fu- we fucked up a bit. Yeah, so to, to basically summarise the thing from last week, we talked about the Switch getting two different colour modes added to it as like a system-wide thing. One of them is grayscale, and one was uh, colour inversion, and we kind of laughed it off because... Like, I'll, I'll, I'll say this off the start. Apparently both of those are in there as colorblindness fixes, which are things that I, were un- I was unaware were colorblindness fixes. Um, yes. As someone who's aware of the importance of accessibility stuff, I generally see bespoke game-by-game color blindness fixes. That's what fixes, threw me. Normally, are... normally it's yeah. a game-by-game thing because games are all different. So having a, a, a uniform... Uh, color blindness option just it's not something I've considered before and and clearly none of us considered it uh, I do hope nobody thought we were like taking the piss because uh, that absolutely wasn't no it. had we, we just... had we twigged that it was a color blindness accessibility fix we definitely wouldn't have laughed about it yeah, yeah. I, was, I mean I it, was, was... it was a this seems silly we don't know why this I is still here. maintain I, I... I still maintain that 
a lot of the priorities in that update are fucking hilarious. It's just that the inverted oh, colours are not. A lot of them are. The inverted colours aren't yeah, hilarious like, now because they make sense. Yeah. Inverted colours for colourblindness was a thing that I hadn't expected just because so often I do see it on a game-by-game basis where colours are just tweaked enough to not yeah. I've be an issue for colourblindness. Seeing know, there's, how there's some good drastically ones. different... Yeah, seeing how drastically different most games look in inverted colours, it just never occurred to me that that was mm-hmm. a system-wide colourblindness fix. There was a there was one person said to me on Twitter that um, the issue they have is that if a game is really bright, it can hurt their eyes a lot as well, and that way the inverted colours are a way for them to be able to uh, to play. Yeah. So okay, yeah, sorry so... about that. We didn't we didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry for that. Yeah. We 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 fucked up. We 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 didn't consider it. It's. I mean. I, they're, they're right there is your, your case study in privilege in that there is uh, a, an accessibility issue that none of us really deal with, so we just didn't think about it. And that that's it in a nutshell. Uh, so, yeah, very sorry about that. Um, I hope people um, who do, you know, do deal with colourblindness didn't think we were laughing at them. That absolutely was not it. It was always laughing at Nintendo. Um because that is a noble and just cause to laugh it at Nintendo laughing, a lot. It was laughing at Nintendo because, I'm not going to lie, we look for excuses to laugh a little bit at <laughs> Nintendo because they sometimes do silly things that don't make well, sense. And if it, we don't instantly see the reason why they've done something, we just kind of lump it in with, not, oh, Nintendo. I wouldn't say before I... Before realising that, oh, sometimes they do do things for good reasons. I wouldn't say they I look do for do an silly excuse. Things, don't they? Like releasing limited numbers of... Little mini snes. Oh, we'll we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, we will. We'll, we'll that is straight, the big one of the week. We'll I, lead, think. I think we'll lead straight into from this. But I do just want to really clarify. I don't look for excuses to laugh at Nintendo. No, it's just no, my that's... first reaction to almost like almost to their name now. And it's not that I don't take the company like non seriously. Like I love its games as a game developer. Brilliant. But when I hear Nintendo mentioned in, um, when, when, whenever we talk about updates or something like that, like I'm already starting to giggle because I'm expecting something fucking funny to happen. Yeah, my default assumption is that they will have done something bizarre without reason. I think and that's, yeah, that's the way in of framing it. In this example, it, yeah. I, st- I didn't stop to look for the reason because I was like, ah, it's Nintendo, they do things that don't make sense sometimes. Yeah, so our own yeah. natural... Much like producing only like 15 of the SNES Mini Classic. <laughs> I ain't never going to... I want this one. I've got an NES Classic and I don't yeah. really want that. Um I, I just SNES... got it for the sense of power that having it gave me for like five minutes <laughs> and then I realised I was still shit. This SNES Classic has like three or four of my favourite ever games on it. Like the, yeah, they, like they were the one has... ones that really like as a as a young teenager would have been our lives, <laughs> Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is the, the Walgreens the... plug and play that I'd actually buy at the Walgreens. The... Yeah. This this one is like looking a lot better conceptually than the NES Mini did in that it's got 21 games and they're all pretty solid picks. Um I think the big one to highlight is Star Fox 2 that never got released officially and has only ever floated around the internet as like a ROM that kind of worked and didn't properly yeah. work. Yeah. Like they're just like, "Oh yeah, this on un- un- never officially re- released game, you can now get it." comes with two controllers so you can do your multiplayer the cords are longer on the controllers did i hear somewhere the guy who made it though isn't getting royalties for it i think i saw a story about i that didn't see that if that's the case the only story i saw about the creators is apparently all the people who worked on Star Fox 2 
had a very belated, uh, like in the last couple of days, had a very belated launch party for the game because they got very excited that it was finally going to be available. <laughs> finally be wow. in the hands of 13 people. Yeah, that that's the other half of the note I put in the in the show notes was it's already too late to yeah, get one. They're gone. They're gone. Bye bye. You if you do if you have not gotten an order for one of these, okay, you don't have one. That 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 well, you don't have one. So the messaging on this is really weird. So when it first got announced, the the big thing Nintendo was saying in their press releases was oh, we're, we're not going to have the same uh, supply constraints this time. We're going to make far more of them. We're going to keep making more of them through the year. And within within an hour, they were sold out everywhere and all on eBay and all being skipped. I know. I, now, I, I did a tweet yesterday just called yeah. A Story with Two Chapters. And it was from the same site. The first headline was, um, uh, there won't be the same supply problems with... Uh, the SNES Classic as there was with the NES Classic. And then the second headline, the day later, SNES Classic sells out instantly in UK. You can't get them now. <laughs> so, I, I do... While I find that pair of headlines hilarious, I think it is a little bit unfair to Nintendo because it kind of overlooks half of their their explanation of why the supply constraints won't be such an are issue. There, so, are there to still- fight Nintendo's corner slightly... Um, they have said that they are going to do multiple waves every month through the end of this year. Now, I fully expect every one of those waves to sell out within an hour, but that at least means you've got, like, what, six or seven attempts to get one before the year's out. The so, question is, is, why is are each they do- wave six or seven S in NES classics? <laughs> why would they do this with the discontinuing it, though? I just, it seems because like Nintendo's- such a stupid business decision that makes I think no this- sense. Honest- I think this is proof positive that they engage in manufactured scarcity. Like, this is just them wearing it on their sleeve now. I, I've i heard explanations that suggest that's maybe not the case, and I don't know whether I believe these, but th- the main reasoning I've heard is that Nintendo either makes a loss or an incredibly small profit on each unit of the NES and SNES Classic sold because of licensing for these titles, and as a result, the reason they're selling them is to get their name in the news and to get themselves discussed more than it is to make a profit off of selling them, which is why they're not selling them long term. Which again, I think like... would play into the manufactured scarcity because that just helps. Headlines of yeah. selling out helps. Yeah. Yeah. It's it is, is there weird. Is going like... to be the European version? Because uh, the European SNES was a lot prettier than the American one, which looked like fucking Metroplex. There know, is, if... and I don't know Sorry. off the top of my head if the game selection is any different. I would need to check. I know that um, Japan, for example, are getting the Super Famicom Classic, and that that's doesn't got different have stuff, Star Fox right? 2 on it, for example. Yeah, like that's different. Because, again, Nintendo, you make things different across the world in different territories because Nintendo. Uh, regardless of what it looks like, if I ever get one, the first thing I'll do is piss all over it to give it that authentic yellow sheen. I do wonder whether the plastic will age in that same way. It would be a nice touch if it did. 
terrifies me when you two go so quiet after I talk. It's like I've... It, oh, it's it's nightmare for a comedian. It, it is fine because I'll edit it in post and no one will know. <laughs> no one will know that no one laughed. It'll just look instead like they were instantly ready to move on and forget what I talked about when I talked about my piss. Okay, Jim, I, I didn't laugh, not because the joke wasn't funny, but because I was busy trying to look up European SNES classic game lists so that I could continue the news cycle. Now you know it's how good. I feel. Do you know oh. how many times there's a comment on, in... in uh, a comment on this podcast where people are going, wow, they, you made a really good joke there and they just totally ignored it. <laughs> well, it, it is just a case of like, I, I sometimes will not laugh at a joke even though a few seconds later I'll hear and like twig it and be like, that was funny because I'm like, oh no, got to get on top of the, the, the stats and the informations. Um, okay, so to answer Gav's question, the European one does look like the European SNES as opposed to looking like the North American version. Um, I, from what I can tell, it doesn't have Star Fox 2 on it. Or at least they haven't promoted it on the packaging the way they did on the (laughs) North American version. Sorry, again, here comes that knee-jerk reaction. Like, Star Fox 2 might very well be in the European version. But, (laughs) I can't help assuming it isn't. (laughs) Um... So, yeah, it contains some game... The European version contains some games that never came to retail on the SNES in Europe, like Final Fantasy VI um, and Earthbound, which never got a European physical release. But I'm not seeing any confirmation it's got Star Fox 2, and I'm just clicking site after site now, like, oh no. Please tell me that this thing has the one thing I was really excited about. Oh god, there's gonna be uh Yeah, yeah, I think I think I think Monday's sorted out now as far as Jimquisition topics go. <laughs> oh god, I'm just I'm just looking this now. Is, uh, uh. Kissing my fingers. Mwah. Beautiful I really work. Want this one. I so do I. I really, like I really, genuinely I didn't care want about this the NES Mini, but I really want this one. <laughs> so yeah, like you mentioned it. some of your favourite games ever were on it. Which which ones mm. were you on about? Oh well, obviously like a link to the past which mm-hmm. was, like, my that number one game for years. And then, like, Donkey Kong Country, isn't Mario World on it? Mario Kart is on it. I mean, you're going to uh, have to check original, by region, aren't you? The original Mario Kart, like... Okay, the European one does have Star Fox 2, thank goodness. Oh, that's something. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I like. I, I agree with you. Looking at this, it does have it's a fantastic. fantastic list of, like, amazing games. Looking at it myself for the things Mario, I'm into. Isn't Mario Earthbound, All-Stars, I think, on it? Um, yeah, there's what? Earthbound, F-Zero, Kirby Superstar, uh, Link to the Past, Mega Man X, Secret of Mana, Star Fox and Star Fox 2, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Hyper Fighting, Super Castlevania 4, Super Mario Kart, Super Mario RPG, Legend of the Seven Stars, Super Mario World, Super Mario World 2, Super Metroid, <laughs> Super Punch-Out. That's a pretty good list I of mean, games. I mean, it's like right there, it's like, like that entire list is like some of the best games ever. You know, yeah. and I, I've like, never once. I couldn't think of one bad game in that list. You just, you know. I've never once in my career, and I never will, advocate the use of ROMs and emulators. But, but I'm just saying, if you really like uh, any of the games that we've mentioned, and you can't get an SNES Classic, which it seems is very likely, <laughs> I'm just saying. If someone don't want your money or your business, 
there are places yeah. that'll take it. And I'm not advocating anything. I'm just saying that when a company makes it quite clear they only want the money of a select few, most of whom are going to be scalpers, then mm. there are other other places. If you cannot physically give your money to a company, there are there are alternative avenues. Yeah, available. And, and, and bear in mind, you know, bear in you know mind, what? by making it limited, Nintendo have said they don't want everyone to have one. They don't want everyone to to. to Give them money for these games. That's the message. And I'm sticking to it. You know what I'm not looking forward to if I get one? is the blistered left thumb. Oh, yeah. Nintendo's <laughs> early controllers were hella painful. It'll be just like your childhood. Well, blistered these... thumbs sitting on the floor. Hopefully, as these are new controllers, they can, you know, change them just enough to prevent that one would they hope. They probably won't. You're right, probably. I, but I hope it's a bit longer cord than the. <laughs> uh, it's apparently about two foot longer, which is not much. Yeah, five foot as opposed to three. Yeah, that so I did that's read because I was interested length. in that one. In that um, bit of a detail. Sit on the floor. I've got a fucked back, and oh, look at the size of me. Do you think like these if... knees have much cartilage left in them? I ain't getting on a fucking floor. If you've long legs and you want to stretch, you got your fuck. Oh, uh, actually, uh, a lot of people were asking who I was going to say had long legs last week, and it was right said Fred. There you go. Uh, it it does seem a bit weird that they're lengthening the the cords on the cables, which means that they definitely did hear complaints the complaints that existed about the cords being it's too short on the NES Mini, but they're only lengthening them by two feet. Well, we like, we need seems... to check. We need to check yeah. if the original SNES had a five foot long cord, and they're just doing it again to scale. Which yeah. which is bollocks anyway, because if they did it to scale, then the cord on the NES Classic would be three inches long, not fucking like it's <laughs> mini, it's small. Don't come at me with that fucking authenticity yeah. if, argument. If you're gonna it's make not authentic, a, if you're gonna make a longer cable, make it like properly longer. They've got HDMI fucking ports uh. in the back. They're not authentic. I'm not getting on the floor. Yeah, like the, <laughs> yeah, I, you're right. Um, the the other thing that I think is really weird about the design of the SNES Classic, and I don't know whether I like it or not, is that if you look at the front of it, it looks like it has the old Super Nintendo port controller ports. Those are not actually ports. These controllers still use the Virtual Console Wii, like nunchuck cord. And uh-huh. you flip down the Super Nintendo ports to reveal the actual ports where you plug the controllers in. Well, okay. That's the SNES Classic. I think we all just ran out of things to say. Ah, uh, now it's my turn to complain about saying a thing That's and no true. one laughing. Uh, how'd you like that now, Jim? Huh, huh, huh. You were just telling details, though. Why would I laugh? <laughs> Well, they were silly details. It's weird that they have it. fake ports. They have fake ports. I don't know why they have fake ports that you have to flip down to see the real ports. That's why I was quiet. Like, like that's the other reaction I have to Nintendo, is if I'm not laughing, I'm just... Huh? I just like, just, what? It's just yeah. quiet and dumbfounded. Huh? Nintendo, uh, what? So, in, in, other, in other news that's not the SNES Mini Classic... You know how everyone's been saying for ages Modern Warfare is fi- is totally going to get a standalone release and it's going mean, to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. It, it happened. We you can now it. get Modern Warfare as a standalone thing without buying the game that it came with. Yeah, for like, and, what, and it, 
for it's forty dollars though. Isn't forty dollars, yeah, and that comes without the variety map pack DLC, oh, which you're of course has been kidding. Oh no. Oh no, friendo! Uh, oh, that wow. is to be purchased uh, separately. Yeah, enjoy, folks. I say this as someone who loved Call of Duty Four to death. That is some bullshit. Fucking scum, yeah. scum, subhuman scum, filth, shit on yeah. my shoes. That's Activision. It, shit on my fucking shoes. It does feel weird. Like to even games, most yeah. most games that are like one year old and come out with a game of the year edition come with all the dlc i know well it's a it's a fucking value prospect isn't it it's like yeah. we want to we want you to buy this game twice so we better make more value whereas activision has been like look we know people will buy anything with a call of duty fucking logo on it so we don't need them we'll devalue the prospect and still make money and My- they did and they did my prediction is they're going to try and sell it to you three times. You've got to buy it as the pack-in. Then you buy it as the standalone game. Then you buy the, the, the game of the year edition of the standalone game. <laughs> you get the standalone game and as I a game of the year that. edition with the DLC in for four bucks. And that's in no, December. There'll be no consequence for this because I guarantee you the COD that's coming out this year is going to be the best-selling one in years. Oh, it always will be because no yeah. one who buys COD cares. Well, no, it, it, I think this one... Like the, the WW2 the thing most, is going to... The Call of Duty community has been hyped about a game for years. And it's Probably amazing that Black all Ops it took was 2, for them to say. regress to get people excited. Yeah. Other stuff we got this week. Um, I know Gav saw this. I don't know if you watched this, Jim. Uh, there was a 15-minute video or so that went up about Beyond Good and Evil 2 that was uh, basically the tech demo that was shown at E3 behind closed doors. I've got the Did you see notes. this, Jim? I got the cliff notes of what's in it. I've not seen it yet. I've been uh, been too busy to get round to it, but I have. Uh, I, s- I know the details and the reaction to said the cl- details. The cliff notes are: we want to make Beyond Good and Evil into No Man's Sky, basically. Yeah, yeah. The, it, I saw some. Should say disconcerting stuff. Um, yeah. Stuff that you I know, guess I was shouldn't kind of... fucking surprise me because this is Ubisoft, and you know, at the beginning of this generation. Fucking uh, Juimo was all. Uh, all of our games should be open world because they're popular. I'm paraphrasing, of course, uh, but but his statement was that he more or less wanted every fucking game they do that's a major production to be open world. Uh, so yeah. I, I I don't know why I'm surprised. So it's it's not the open world that by itself concerns me. Um, Mirror's Edge Catalyst I thought was a really good example of how you could do a Beyond Good and Evil sequel in a way that would be financially viable, where you do make the gameplay environment open world, but you keep some of those factors like it is still a designed environment rather than a procedural one. You keep the protagonist of the original, or at the very least keep it to being a set defined protagonist. And what's concerned me watching this footage, or this 15 minutes of of tech demo, is oh my god, they are leaning hard into going away from everything I liked about the first Beyond Good and Evil. Like, yeah, I, I like the tone change that we saw in that trailer during Ubisoft's conference. I'm Indeed. totally okay with the, like, vulgar swearing monkeys. What I'm less... like, What I'm not excited about is Beyond Good and Evil, I loved it because it was a relatively linear with like you had some freedom of movement but it was ultimately a linear path you took through an open world with a defined protagonist and a focused on crafted environments and 
like telling the story of one very specific character. It was highly character-driven, yes. Yeah, and this seems to... Like, everything they're hammering home about Beyond Good and Evil 2 is create your own character, procedural worlds. Yeah, this truly... From what I've read, and again, I'm going to have to go watch the the tech demo in full, but from everything I've read about the details, this looks the closest I may have seen to a a game where they really did just slap a name on something. Oh, Honestly, yeah, they they slapped in uh, they slapped the name on and they slapped in the the art style of humanoid animal aliens, and that's about it. Um, it also um, seems like it seems so ambitious that I don't. This just doesn't seem like what I'm hoping for. The tone change was one thing that I didn't like, despite what you did, and not having Jade was another thing that I kind of went, "What? That's disappointing." And then. The fact that it seems to be a procedurally generated thing was just really mm. what is this even a why is it called Beyond Good and Evil? Like Yeah, it 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 seems to be so different. I was okay with the switch from Jade when I thought it was gonna still be a defined protagonist, because I was like, okay, maybe they're gonna tie this into the first game's lore, maybe this is gonna be like Jade like the character at the end of that trailer who looks an awful lot like Jade, maybe that's Jade's mother well, the, who we never the see woman in the, on the bike. game. The woman on the bike seemed really interesting. Like yeah. and the relationship she has with the monkey, like that looked, like like yeah, I could play as these I, two. I want that pair of characters that you hyped me up about, not generic creator character. Because no matter how much you say that your d- custom creator character is going to have as defined a story, in practice, most of the time that's not the case. You yeah. usually end up. Well, making certain, the character somewhat more generic so that more people can relate to them. Certain games and worlds are built for user-created characters. An Elder Scrolls game with a user-created character makes sense. Uh, it's because that world is is pure power fantasy. I'm it's me here with a sword or magic or whatever doing what I want and then hitting grabs. Um, whereas, as we said, Beyond Good and Evil, it's it's not a universe that has ever suggested to me that that it's it's a user created me power fantasy experience uh, it just doesn't seem yeah. tonally the right mechanic and i do think mechanics can have tone it was a perfectly like beautifully designed game with the way it laid out its world and then how open that world was you know yeah so yeah. Just, so it's a shame i mean yeah. it may still be good but ubisoft and really ambitious they're two things I don't like to see together. Because uh, normally when I hear that, I just think, Ubisoft's lying again. Like it does. All the time. Like it has about Beyond Good and Evil 2. About ten times over the past several years. People, people are so cri- have been so critical of me recently for calling out Michel Ancel on his bullshit. But, like, yeah, I got involved are... in some of those arguments as well. People yeah. like, oh, well, it's still good. Um, you know, he lied for the, for the greater good. The greater good. And I'm like, no, 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 he's still bullshitted. Yeah, so, like, I, I'm going to get into this argument here because this has been annoying me for a while. Michelle Ancel has spent the better part of a decade outright lying about Beyond Good and Evil and saying things that, like, within a week have been proven untrue about the game, teasing it with things that never... It, amounted to anything he has been messing with people for the best part of a decade and like whether you think it was the right decision or not to make when a week before beyond uh, like before e3 he said the game would not be at e3 and then it was at e3 that was an untrue statement meant to mislead people and yeah 
that is a lie. It's going to can... make people lose trust in you. That's it. That's it. You can justify this any number of ways. You can justify this by saying, you know, oh, he wanted to keep the surprise. And that's fine. That's fine. But there are two factors to consider. The first factor is that this is an Ubisoft project and Ubisoft has had a documented problem with talking out of one side of its mouth and saying something completely different out of the other side. So this is already a company that has trust issues. Um, mm. To say nothing of like the, the bullshit they, they had when they first presented Watchdogs to the world, um, you know, their long-running history of presenting unrepresentative footage as representative footage. Ubisoft has a history of lying. And, and you know, I, I, I consider there to be no other word for it. So that's your first consideration. So Michel Ancel might be just trying to, you know, mislead for a goof, uh, to, for a nice surprise and what have you. But he's representing a company of liars, and that's one more lie. And the second one is, is and, and this is to anyone who lies for the sake of hype, who lies for the sake of protecting their own announcements, all it really tells me... Uh, as a member of the public, is that this is a person who's willing to say anything to get what they want, whether it's true or not. Uh, and, and when you are representing uh, a company that, in an industry that sells itself on promises and, mm. and, and, and things to come and pre-orders and, and hype, I'm sorry, but lying a week before you found out, by design found out, and just so bullishly accepting of the fact. I mean, that's another problem, the fact we just accept it. And it's yeah, like, if we're accepting these lies because they're okay, it's no wonder the industry has an honesty problem. Exactly. Like, it, it is a bit... It's all just a bit ridiculous. And I don't know. It, it, it annoys me that we don't see this called out more often than it is. Because, again, just... It is... Well, you've gotten shit for it before. You've oh, yeah. gotten landed, you've been thrown onto the fucking bus by game developers who have lied about stories you've broken when you've done your job, when you've done your due diligence, and you've been punished for it by someone lying about it and impugning your fucking credibility. <sighs> my my favourite was the one, uh, the, the one I always go back to, Until Dawn Rush of Blood. I broke the story on that a week early mm -hmm. with like the name of the game, a description of it. The one thing that was inaccurate in my whole report was I used the phrase DLC when it was a standalone product. They and got they seized asked about on it. that. Yeah, they got asked about it in a Reddit AMA and they clearly knew. It's like, okay, the question is about Until Dawn Rush of Blood that they know exists and they're like, um, no, we're not working on any DLC at the moment. It's not in development. And all the headlines were like, yeah, that thing, that, that Until Dawn Rush of Blood thing we reported on from Laura, like, today, uh, they said in Reddit, it's not real. And they, they knew they were throwing me under the yeah. bus for a week. And it's like, I get it. I understand. They, they're under, they don't owe you anything. No. Like, they, they you know, they have you... every right to throw me under the bus, yeah. but also fuck, fuck them. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what it comes down to. It's like, yeah, they don't owe Laura her career or anything if she's discredited for a week or whatever. Um, you know, it's not their problem. But... They, again, have proven that they will uh, bend the facts, uh, be surreptitious to get what they want. And, yeah, in this case, it was these are benign game announcements, but there have been so many cases where these little lies are not benign. And considering yeah. how some of them are accepted, even some of the like proper bullshitty ones are accepted, Like again, it's no wonder this industry has a problem with... with just telling yeah. straight fucking facts to its audience. So for Beyond Good and Evil, like it, it, I think it's really important as well just to highlight the fact that 
They were not forced to say that the game wouldn't be at E3. Uh, Michel Ancel got asked on Instagram in a comment whether it would be at E3, and he offered out of nowhere the no, it won't be at E3. And here's something about the internet. You yeah. never have... If, if you're being asked a question on social media, you don't have to answer a thing. Exactly. If you don't answer it, that won't be a headline. Oh, Michelle Ancel refused to answer an Instagram comment yeah. question. And he knew even, what he was doing. Like, even if he felt the need to respond in some manner, I saw people in PR being like, well, what, how do you address it without making it look like it's a real thing? It's like, you use the phrase, we do not comment... Uh, I or we do not comment on rumours or speculation. Yeah, and, and and just to answer some people who are like, well, no comments, just a confirmation. You know what? And and not to big them up after we slag them off because they don't deserve bigging up, but do you know who I buy it from when they say no comment? Activision. Because hmm. they have established a pattern over the years of applying that to everything, whether true or false. Sony is the same. Sony does yeah. their no comment on everything. You know, that is not the same as... As as until dawn with them saying you know we're not working on it or or Michelle yeah. Ancel saying it won't be like those are active lies and I'm sorry a no comment is always better than than act like straight up lying to someone's face and maybe I'm overly sensitive about this because I have been lied to in person to my face by game developers and game publishers before yeah um, you know it's part of the reason why I don't do fucking preview events anymore because I got lied to so much so maybe I'm a little bit touchy because of that but. But just again, start with I, the lying. I know part of my background in it is the fact that I work in leak stuff, and sometimes the stuff does get actively discredited. Like, I get people actually impugn your reputation yeah, to my, save my their reputation fun gets put on the line yet, yeah, so that they can do their thing. And like, yeah, again, that's their right, but it is infuriating to be on this side of when I've done my job right. Um, and it's 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 the difference yeah. between being defensive versus offensive. To outright lie outright say this won't be at E3 or we are not working on this. That, I think, is an offensive approach. That's you directly attacking a rumour, whereas your defensive is your no comment. And and you know, you know y- what this all leads to? It leads to legitimate um, denials being questioned. Like, this has led to, like, I've seen statements yeah. one way or the other about, like, oh, well, this is being said about Beyond Good and Evil, or this is being said. I'm like, I don't believe anything that's being said either way right now. now. Words are wind, to quote Game of Thrones. You can announce it for a platform, you could deny it for a platform. I'm not going to believe that, because you will say anything, it seems, to get excitement. This is another one of those that um, that I've been thinking of for a Jimquisition topic that I'm saying way too much ahead of time for because this is all stuff. These are all arguments I've wanted to use, but you're absolutely right. It, it is... Their words don't mean anything anymore. To me, Michel mm. Ancel, when he denies something in future, it's a 50-50 to me now. I mean, he, he could be legitimately telling the truth or he could not. He ha- He now has... Whether you want to, you know, brush it under the bridge as a white one or not, he has a record of of a public lie of 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 be of deceiving his on uh, his audience, uh, and and now I will not ever take a thing he says at face value regarding regarding any of his games. Sorry, that's you, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Basically, that that's the takeaway yeah. from that. Are you right there, Gav? Now we've done our rant. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just completely, <laughs> utterly apathetic about 
the fact that he told. I don't give a fuck that he told a lie. <laughs> I guess Sorry. you don't, and people don't. And I under, I'm fully cogent of the fact that some people are going to have listened to this and think, "What? What?" I, what I, is I the honestly could problem? not give less of a shit that he told a little white porky. Well, you see, I, that's I, it. I, was, I, I, I mean, I well, yeah. If 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 that's if that's where you are with it, I'm not going to repeat the last ten minutes because no. I just spent <laughs> the ten minutes repeating I, that exact thing. But I, I will, I will very quickly, like before we move on, say like I'm well aware that there are a couple of things about myself that definitely affect my perspective on this. Um, one of those is the fact that because I work in games press and this is my job, I need to like in order to have a healthy press and PR relationship, there needs to be a level of trust in that if a statement is given. It is an accurate statement that can be reported and won't reflect badly on that journalist. In have you been to fucking America recently? Yeah, but okay, you you know what? I, you get my general point though. Like the, I know, I was the just expectation I was being... or the 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 way a functional PR press relationship should work is some relative level of trust both ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. On top of that, like I I know that's part of why I get frustrated about these lies because then it's like, what do I report on? Because what times do I believe PR and what times are they maybe lying to me? Mm-hmm. On top of that, I know for me, I have par- part of my issue with it is I suffer with Asperger's syndrome and I'm not good at this whole... I'm aware of the concept of white lies, of the like, oh, it's only a small degree of lie and therefore like the, the grading system of which lies are important versus not. It's a thing I struggle with and I know that's a problem on my end. I know that there are there is a sliding scale between you know, saying something saying something complimentary about someone in order to raise their self-esteem when you may not fully believe it up to a lie that has a lot more impact. But in my head, those are both lies. Yeah. And they that's are both untrue statements. And I know that's a thing that's a problem for me with inflexibility with regards yeah. to lies. But in my I head, mean, it's... I don't know how to grade lies in my head. It's like, nope, that's it's a, it's an untrue statement. It's a lie. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, as someone who isn't on the spectrum, I, I, I do feel the same way. I, but, but then again, unlike Gav, I'm, I'm, I'm also, even though I don't consider myself sort of, I certainly don't have that sort of press relationship because ain't no one treating me like press in this industry. <laughs> um, so I don't quite have that that relationship um, that you have. But I still. I guess just because my job tackles so many deceits in the industry and I I did come from, I did leave a lot of traditional game press stuff because I was sick of the lies uh, that it it does like get to me personally. And and, and I I, yeah, I think it's understandable that it comes from a different place for you guys because you guys work in, you guys work in this and when you're reporting on things, lies matter to your job, you know, whereas I just make a fucking song, so... (laughs) <laughs> but I think I think there are also there, there's going to be a portion of the listeners who who aren't in the press who will see what we're talking about, um, if yeah. only because they probably also follow the industry very closely, um, and and so I I feel like like they will get it. But I, I'm fully um, you know I fully understand the fact that a good a good amount of our listeners are not going to see the problem, and you know they're not wrong. You know yeah, if, it, if it's not it a problem for you, it's not it, a problem for you. It, yeah. It's when, just a yeah. thing that bothers both me and Jim, and again, our background working in the games industry probably is a factor in that. You know, we're talking I about mean, video you know, games, um, not the American healthcare system. I, I get. It, I remember. But... I remember Todd Howard came out and like was showing off the the building thing, and he said it just works. And when I tried using it, it didn't quite just work. 
the way I thought it would, but I was just like, oh, well, maybe, you know. Now, see, that's, is, for yeah. me, that's the problem, is to yeah. me it builds up. It's it's just a build-up of these little, what, what I call little bullshits. They amount to a big bullshit. That, that's, that's always the way I've well, looked at it. Yeah. I, I think that's a really good example you gave, Gav, in that it demonstrates really well what the roles of PR and press are, in that PR's role is to make their product sound as perfect as possible and as simple as possible and to only hype up the positives of them, like that statement about, hey, the base building, it just works. And Press's role then is to go in and look at that game and be like, yeah, it doesn't work quite as simply as they said, and to, you know, look at the statements given and find the um, the lies of omission within those statements. And like that's that's the thing that's yeah. frustrated and when it, at when least a, in that case yeah. it was a lie of omission and more of yeah. a buzzword than uh, someone directly to to another person directly saying something yeah. untrue. But that's that's I guess where my frustration comes from is a lie of omission. We sort of know to expect in the press, whereas an active lie. If you disagree yeah. with it, it's you versus a multinational corporation and they've given a definitive statement and you're saying, no, that definitive statement is a lie, which is a really difficult yeah. thing to do in press. And all I'll say further to this, I'll say one more thing. And again, this is me tipping my hand for a video later, but just beware the mole in you. Yeah. Because there, many yeah. times there, 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 was, there was once this man. Many years ago, there was this, this charming man charismatic individual man um, who was known for telling little white lies and it was okay because it was just it was just old Petey. It, <laughs> it was just Petey Molly who lived in the mushroom house in the village and we didn't really care about Petey, Petey Molly and his mushroom house and his mushroom lies it was fine it was just he was a scamp it was like, oh, um, uh, I didn't eat the pie, Mrs. Miggins. It was the dog. Uh, ha, 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 ha. And, you know, the dog got a scolding and, and P.E. Molly ran back to his mushroom house rubbing his belly and licking his lips because he ate the pie. But one day he ate Mrs. Miggins, not the pie. So <laughs> beware. <laughs> beware the mole in you. <laughs> beware the porky pies. Yeah, no, exactly. Mon Mon used the person who got called out for... Mounting little white lies, but I think I think as time goes on, there's a lot of examples of people in games PR and uh, on the development side who, yeah, tell he similar be seen numbers as a of white lies and don't get called out the way Molyneux did. Yeah, and 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 I think that's that for me is the perfect shutdown. Is is when people say, "Ah, oh, it was just a little one," and I'm like, "Yeah, Molyneux was full of little ones." Yeah. Anyway, that was Beyond Good and Evil 2 that we went on for a while. Yes, um, yes. So... It makes a change from Nintendo stuff. Yeah. Speaking of which, isn't that next on the docket? Uh, I'm, I'm going to skip the thing that was on there that's probably not that interesting. Um, should, we, should we go to games we've been playing this week? Because you've been playing five star thousand top rated? <laughs> yes, yes. I don't know playing. what that is. I've been playing Five Star Thousand Top Rated. Do you want to hear about Five Star Thousand Top Rated? Tell me about Five Star okay. Thousand Top Rated. It's a couple of bucks. It's on the PlayStation 4. It's a couple of bucks, although you can get it right now at a oh. uh, reduced PSN price of can, 89 cents. Can I make a guess right now before you say anything about this game I don't know about? <laughs> Is it one of those shit PS4 games that you're going to be critical of because how did it get on PS4? Yes, 
it is. <gasps> How did I know? However, did you guess that? This one's amazing, though. This this is my new favourite one uh, in terms of just awful shit. This is... Okay, you know when a game is, like, being really lazy and it's like, we need a puzzle here, but we can't be fucked to think of a good one. I know, we'll do a tile slidey puzzle. The one where you got a picture and it's all jumbled up and you got to move the tiles yeah. around to make the picture. Yeah. Imagine if someone had done that as a game, right, with no music and it's just photographs, some of which are like photographs of sand <laughs> with loads of panels <laughs> all jumbled up, right? Yeah. That also promotes itself, and I'm not, I'm not fucking kidding you, promotes itself as a game in which you can get a platinum trophy in an hour and gives uh. you basically, you get like six trophies just for starting and stopping and restarting puzzles over and over. Um, the best way to win, and this has been put out by like the developers as well, is to like, like actually I'm not sure if the developers did it, but, but the, the general tip people have been given uh, is to just like get your mobile phone out and film the TV screen and then play the video backwards so you can see how they jumbled it up and then just do that backwards. Um, but anyway, if you give the <laughs> if you give the game a like on Facebook, the developer will private message you to tell you how to get the platinum trophy in twenty minutes instead of an hour. Oh, wow! <laughs> so I, the, the URL to get to the Facebook page is like bestps4themes.com so it's like this perfect collision of cynicism it's it's like amazing jim jim i have a switch equivalent of this that i that i've discovered this week are you ready yeah. to hear about terrible games that somehow made it onto the switch eShop? i'm all for that okay i'm gonna tell you about physical contact speed that is three words. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna read the the eShop description of this game word for word, and I'm just I'm just gonna read this for a minute, and you try and tell me what what this game is when I'm done. Okay. You, does that sound like a fun game? I'll read you the description, good. and you try and tell me what the fuck this game is. Okay. It is a game series where two people can play against one device. If you play with your body in close contact, the match will be more fun. Any two partners, including parents, friends, lover, etc., are suitable. Because it is simple and rules that everybody knows, you can start the game immediately on the spot. Okay, if you, I've, if, I've got this. If you use the handicap function, you can match the level of the two people. Because the matchup time is short, I can play any time and anywhere when I feel like it. Of course, there is also a one-player mode for one's time. Please enjoy together. Speed uh, is one of simple and profound card games that will win if you uh, use your hand first. It is okay, characterized I... by requiring reflexes. Okay, so, sorry, I kept cutting. I kept thinking you were finished, and then there was just no. More it, just bounty. Keeps, it just keeps going. Um, um, you I, my know initial what that guess. Is. My initial guess was that it was going to be something like fucking Pong or something, but with like vaguely sexual suggestive stuff in the background. Uh, but since you mentioned cards, um, snap. Uh, from what I can tell, it is Snap. <laughs> I tried to just think of, like, what... If I were, a, like, like a shithouse hack chancer trying to peddle some 
crap for money. So what as, what would I do? <laughs> snap. So as I understand it, it's snap that you can purchase DLC of additional art for the cards. <laughs> is it vaguely sexy art? Uh, some of the art is vaguely sexy art. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that reminds me of Bricks. That was another shitty PS4 one. That was just Arkanoid, but with yeah. some like anime so, tits in the background. So, how much do you think this game costs on on the uh, the <sighs> Switch? There's a good one. Um, let me think. Let's see. On PS4, these games they're starting to try and get away with selling them for between ten and fifteen bucks. Uh, so I guess I'll just hedge my bets and say between ten and fifteen bucks. You're you're on the high end. It's uh, it's actually six dollars fifty. Six dollars? Okay. It's horrible that I was very close to saying that's not bad. No, six dollars <laughs> for that is atrocious. A dollar for what sounds like vaguely sexy snap is atrocious. Um, but but yeah yeah. Um, I do find oh my it God, upsetting sorry, I just, that I'm I, starting I, to predict... Sorry, I have to stop all of this. I just oh, got okay. the best gaming news. The best gaming news from GameStop right. Ireland. Oh? Uh, if, you pre-order <laughs> Crash, if you pre-order Crash Bandicoot, the Insane Trilogy, at GameStop Ireland, you get a free fidget spinner. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. <laughs> How did fidget spinners get more popular, right? I've been fiddling with my fidget cube while we've done this. It's better. Look. Yeah. I say, fidget... look. Here, listen, look, clicky. Okay. Um, as someone that uses both of them, fidget cubes I find generally better in that they have a wider variety of things for different senses for me. But also, the thing that's nice about fidget spinners is that... I can use them one-handed and I can make one movement and then have sensory information keep going without gotcha. me having to do further inputs. I'll be honest, they they have intrigued me and I've thought of them and also Justin keeps pitching uh, the idea of a Jimquisition fidget spinner. It's just I don't know if I'll uh, get off my ass in time before the fad dies out before I make a fidget spinner or, or at least you know, say make, before I commission a fidget spinner with the Jimquisition logo on it. Um, I, if people are interested... Um, I say, but of course people will be interested. Um, that's not me being arrogant, it's just people do like that emblem on things. Um, I, I wonder if Shark Robot would, would be able to do fidget spinners. I might ask them. Otherwise we might have to outsource it to someone else. But, uh, Who knows? It's something I've been thinking of. It's just I do legit think the fidget cube is great. and I, It's a shame that the fidget spinner came out and sort of stole all its thunder. Because the, the this one just got yeah. buttons. The, the fidget cube is like... A legitimately useful um, sensory stimulus aid for me in that it has re- all these multiple things that I can interact with. It does require two hands to re- to use in most senses, and if you stop physically doing anything with it, it stops providing any sensory info. I like fidget the cube fidget... is, is uh, yeah. fantastic for podquisition. Actually, I I have it in my hand every week doing podquisition. <laughs> yeah, no, I I I do the same. <laughs> yeah, um, I, honestly, I'm fi- I'm here with mine, like honest, turning the little yeah. rotor because it's quieter. <laughs> honestly, the reason yeah. why fidget spinners picked up steam instead is because they got marketed as toy for kids that you can do cool tricks with, and that kind yeah. of overtook their primary use as like mental health aids. That's it. It's it's all about who gets to the the youth demographic first. Yeah. You know, what it is. you know what you should all was go very watch? Sort of that video toy. I did with PBS Idea Channel about fidget spinners. Oh, yes, she did. Yes, yes. Go go watch it. Yeah. Uh, I might get some gym yeah, position so fidget spinners made. So that's, that's <laughs> your shitty game of the week. Um, what, what have I been... Gavin, you've not been playing anything new this week, have you? 
Sadly not. No, I've had no time to do any games, so I'm irrelevant. You've, you've been busy breathing life into a new song that's going to make people go absolutely busy, wild. I've been busy breathing life into this wild new song. Yeah. Uh, only thing I've played new this week is I've been I've been playing some of those raids that have been added to Pokemon Go, and I have started bumping into physical real people again playing Pokemon Go. Well, hey. Yeah. So, like, to summarize for anyone who's out of Pokemon Go and, like, doesn't know how raids have been implemented, the short version is if you boot up the game and you can see any gyms from where you are, you'll be able to see if any raids are going to... I won't be hanging around there if you No, 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 GYM. Um, If you can see one nearby that's going to have a raid, it will give you a countdown timer for how long it is till the raid starts. When the raid starts, you can see from a distance what Pokemon it is, so you know whether it's one that's worth your time to go and fight, you turn up, You it will tell you how many people are recommended to fight this raid boss. If you beat it, every person who fought the raid boss has a chance to catch one. And it's led to me multiple times bumping into people and playing co-op Pokemon Go, and we all catch a Pokemon and go our separate ways at the end, being like, yeah, we all met together and worked together as a team, and now we all have this cool Pokemon. And it's well, really good. gotten me back into playing. Well, I mean... It's, it's hard to tell. I, I, on the one hand, I should say, you know, colour me surprised and, and, and wrong uh, based on what I predicted last week. But we also did establish that where you live is, is somewhat anomalous in regards to Pokemon Go and that you indeed may be a sort of Pokemon uh, flame to which Pokemoths <laughs> are drawn. And so we, we we can't yet scientifically determine the effect that raids have had. I'm, I'm only talking anecdotally, of course. But it is good. But... No, it's, I've, it's, I've... it's a cool story that yeah. you, you get to, to still meet people playing it. Yeah, no, like, I, I went out and did a, a raid uh, yesterday, because I, I booted up the game at, what, like, four in the afternoon, and I could see that in about an hour and a half, five minutes walk from me, there was going to be a raid happening, so... You know, I closed the app. An hour and a half later, I booted it back up to be like, okay, so what was that raid that's five minutes from me? Oh, it's an Alakazam. I've been trying to get one of those for a while. Five minute walk down the road. There's already 12 people at this thing because they've all done the same and been like, ooh, that's Alakazam. That's quite hard to get. We all fought a giant Alakazam for a while. I caught my Alakazam. We all went off our own separate ways. It was it was a nice little, probably about 25, 30 minutes that we spent fighting this raid boss and catching our Alakazams together. And it was nice. Well, isn't that nice? Yeah, it was rather sweet. Oh. So I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying updates to Pokemon Go, which feels weird to say, in the year of our Lord 2017. Yeah. Well, Pokemon Go is still a thing. It is still a and... thing, and they're doing things that are getting me back into like opening it multiple times a day in my office. Still need to let people trade, though. Yeah, and you should be able to trade. You should be able to um, trade. Like, like whatever else. You should be able to, like, let, let people trade. Let people trade, yeah. Considering how well, like, co-op gameplay is working, like, why not just allow people to trade? Laura has promised Pokemon yeah. to the Poke Mafia. Like, like, like her life is in the balance Yeah, I've got to be able to give them those Pokemon, I promised them, but... Like, Shins are going to get tell broken when here. It can clearly tell when people are in the same physical location to interact with each other. Let us trade. Yeah, I, 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 you know, we 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 covered that a lot 
uh, already, but 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 uh, why isn't the trading in it yet? It's, that is so weird yeah. to me. It seems like people were explaining it after last week's episode that mainly it was because people were apparently spoofing and hacking access to Pokemon they weren't supposed to have. <sighs> but part part of the most recent patch was that if you're using a spoofed Pokemon or you've got one now. It shows up with a big old line through it to be like, yeah, you can use it, but we're going to show people that this is a fake spoofed Pokemon. There you go. Like, open up trading. Let people be like, oh, what? it's got a big line through it that says, no, don't trade for this. It's fake. You know, let yeah. people make that. Dis- or just Mr. the ones Niantic, that have a line through them, don't make them eligible down. for trading. Done. All right. Speaking of done, I think, uh, I think our business may be concluded. I think we might have completed another think, episode of this here what podcast what when we do. I think we may have. Um, <laughs> I, I do think it's a bit sad that that we had uh, you know Discord and we we there's less chance of talking over each other, and yet Gav hadn't played a game and most of it was Nintendo, um, yeah. oh, well. so we had to go quiet for the last half. <laughs> it's okay. I'm 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 I'm. I'm uh, text chatting with Dan Bull here, so it's fine. We're talking Ooh, about music and, and God, of, God of War. Mr. Name Drop over there. I should message you both about the thing. Um, so yeah, I think that's us yeah, done. You should with... message us about that thing. Yeah, yeah, message, yeah. message, message me things. Um, okay, I will wrap us up. Laura, how can people get some more of your work? Me and my work, you can find me pretty much everywhere at Laura K Buzz, Laura K Buzz on Twitter, YouTube, Patreon, that's the one that pays the bills. Otherwise, let's play videogames.com. Those are the places. Excellent. And Gavin, you do music uh, when you're not uh, doing cheeky text with Zambul, uh, presumably about music. Uh, where can people get it? <laughs> Miracle of Sound on YouTube, where my latest song is Wonder Woman. Uh and Miracle of Sound on Twitter and Facebook and Patreon and all that good stuff. And if you're my Patreon um, patron, you can hear a little bit of the next song now. Oh, it's which good. Which we were just talking about, yeah. I heard it, it's nicely, good. Nicely, nicely. It's a teeny tiny snippet, but it, 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 you'll know what it's about by listening to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As if the hints I sent provided before now haven't been clear enough. Before I sent, I, I finished writing the lyrics today, and before I sent it to like anyone, I sent it to Laura first because I knew yeah, she. Yeah, you uh... sent me a nice old uh, link to those lyrics, and oh, they were good. And, yeah. and Laura you, you said saw, that, you saw that it, before, it didn't bother uh, her. You saw it before Rachel, Laura. Oh, thank yeah. you. They're, that's they're a really first. Good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's really nice. Yay! Yeah. I'm smiling now. So I'll have to send it to you first when it's done. I, I cannot wait. I am so... Like, the bits I've heard and the things I've seen, I am so pumped for this song. Yeah. You probably don't want to send it to me for my opinion because I already know what I'm going to rate it. Uh, when I put out a not very cryptic tweet, a lot of people were like, oh, it's going to be a 7 out of 10 song. Oh, there we go. There we go. Okay. Your, your legacy Thanks. is, is oh. expanding beyond your borders, Jim. Uh, yes, apparently so. Um, and I need some pretty big fucking borders. Welcome. Why did I say welcome? We're, we're going away. Welcome. Goodbye. Welcome <laughs> Thank you all for listening. <laughs> welcome to Podquisition. I'm your host. I'm here with Laura. And we're off now. Bye. Bye. Bye.